and welcome to the Faith Insights Podcast. My name is Tyler Bubbitz, and welcome back to the first Sunday of Christmas for the week of December 30th, 2018, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and Merry Christmas. I am so excited that we have reached Christmas. We have reached the end of the year. We have made it. And just as a reminder to people that Christmas is a 12-day season, not just one day that we get to celebrate and extend this out, this welcoming of Christ coming into our world for a whole 12 days. So celebrate that 12 days of Christmas. And I'm excited for this week. There's a lot to dig into this week, and there's a lot of things to catch up on. So before we get into this week's podcast, we have to do our shameless plugs, and we'll start with Working Preacher. The last year has been possible because of Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their commentaries, their Sermon Brainwaves podcast with Caroline Lewis, Ralph Jacobson, and Matt Skinner, all seminary professors at Luther Seminary. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I love using them as a resource to help me be able to bring you this podcast. Number two is this is the week of the birthday of the podcast. It was sent out on the 30th of December 2017. So for this week, it is for the birthday party of the podcast. So I'm really excited. We've been able to accomplish a goal of doing this for one year. And as I stated last week, I fully intend to continue to do this But it's been a privilege, it's been an honor, and I've been really excited to hear the feedback from people being able to hear and get something out of this podcast. And that was the original goal, and that continues to be the goal as we move forward. And as I stated before, I am super excited for 2019. There's a lot of things that I still have in the back of my mind that I'm wanting to try to do this year, and I think we are going to be able to at least show them off to you somewhat. Also, I'm still waiting to hear back from some more people on the podcast logo. I know there's some people who really, really enjoy it. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on that moving forward. And finally, before we get into this week's text, I also want to say with the Christmas break, if you have some time, check out God Friend of Me on CBS. It's worth it. It's worth a binge listen. It's worth kind of going through. There's a lot of really good discussions. The mid-season finale last week, two weeks ago, was phenomenal. I'd highly recommend it. It is worth your time. So, as we get into this week, we get to go into Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. And this is a very unique reading for one particular reason. And that reason is it's the only time in all of scripture that we get Jesus as a child and what he was like outside of his birth. We have the birth and then we go into his ministry. And this is the one story kind of in between when Jesus is about 12 years old, being at the Passover feast And his parents assume that he's in this large crowd with his family and cousins and everybody as they're moving back home, leaving Jerusalem, and they can't find him. And so it takes them three days. Their mother is extremely anxious and looking for him. And she finally goes into the temple and Jesus says, why are you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And talking about how he is 
continuing to try to understand the Word of God and get to know his Father. A very interesting reading, an interesting reading with also showing the caring aspirations of the mother, of Mary, trying to understand this child that is from God and had to be, in a way, a difficult thing for her to do. The first reading then is from 1 Samuel chapter 2 verses 18 through 20 and verse 26. And this is where we talk about Samuel being dedicated to the temple, to the church, and that his mother every year brought him a glorified loincloth, just some clothing. And again, it's one of these things that coming off of Christmas, it doesn't sound significant, but it's also showing this love and affection that the mother has for her son, Samuel, and that she has given him to be for the Lord, but that she still has feelings and affection for him, like we all would with our own kids, and still is making sure that she can provide in whatever way she can for him. The psalm this week is Psalm 148, the whole thing, all 14 verses, and this is a praise psalm if there has ever been a praise psalm. It has praised the Lord in here multiple, multiple, multiple times. Praise him, praise the Lord, praise him, praise the Lord for all these different things in which he does. Making the mountains, making the hills, making the cedars, making the snow, making the frost, making the stormy winds, making the fire and the hail, making the highest heavens, making the angels, making the heavens. We have this culmination of praising God and for everything that he has done. The second reading being from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17, and that, again, the Lord is our Father to us, and that he continues to bless us, that he has continued to provide for us, and that we are just trying to obey in the best form and fashion that we can, as he then will continue to bless us. So, how does this all come together? Coming off of Christmas, it's very interesting to kind of have these readings as we're discussing these different things. And especially being in a developed first world country, as I bring you this, it's very easy to overlook the gifts in which we are given. I think when we're looking at these, and we look especially at the first and second reading in the psalm, we're given these readings talking about gifts, and it's simple gifts. Clothe yourself in compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. The gifts of God, these fruits of the Spirit-like gifts that are given to us. We have Samuel being given a loincloth or given clothing, and that this is something worthy of praise. We also have then the Lord and his whole creation being there, and not ever really talking about us, but everything around us, and the praise that that should bring us. And as I was kind of going through these, and yes, you have the mothering aspect, but for me, what really spoke to me was verse 49 coming out of Luke this week. I'll start in verse 47. And all who heard him, Jesus, were amazed at his understanding and his answers. This is him in the temple talking to the teachers in the temple. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why are you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down 
with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. So again, this line of treasuring things in her heart, which is a reference back to the beginning of Luke 2 in verse 19, probably what you heard on Christmas Day when she's treasuring these things in her heart. But we also have then Jesus saying, why are you searching for me? And did you not know that I was going to be in my father's house? This reference of us not understanding the essence of God, us searching and not understanding where we would find God. So let me give you where I took this from a science perspective. And there's two distinct examples that I came up with. First, I'm going to talk to you about moose. Moose are the biggest alive animal in the deer family currently. They have these huge antlers, absolutely huge, and can get to weigh over 1,500 pounds. Big, big, big animals. And where do we find these animals? And that's the thing I find really interesting when we're searching for something like this, is we get these animals with these very, very long legs, so very good at traversing snow. And so in the winter months, we find them in the forest, scavenging for whatever branches that they can find to be able to get the nutrition that they're needing. They're plant eaters, but are very efficient and can move very quickly. And again, are very large. We're talking an animal that is up to at least six feet at the shoulder. So very large animal. When you look up moose online, and again, I'll attach a video down below, in the winter, it is not uncommon to hear of people getting too close to moose in the winter and a moose attacking. Even snowmobilers going down a snowmobile trail and then a moose attacking. And again, these animals can move upwards of 30 miles an hour. So you can't even on a sled necessarily just quickly outrun them. They move very, very well for an animal that size. But the thing I find very interesting with moose is if you were going to look for them in the summer, that's not where you would look. Moose like bogs, moose like lakes, moose like spending time in the water. They like eating plants off the floor of a lake. They're looking for flowering plants. And as long as you give them your space, especially in the summer, most of the time they're gonna be fairly timid. So this very contrasting image of where we would find this moose based on what time of year it is, based on the situation that it's in, that we're finding very, very different scenarios. The other one is something that I have talked about before, but I think it's worth talking about in this sense in a very different way. And it's a specific bird species that's highly endangered, and that is the Kirkland's warbler. Kirkland's warbler is a bird species that nests on the ground and it looks for jack pine forests. And the larger the jack pine forest, the better for these birds. But the specific thing with jack pine forest is it likes trees that are 5 to 20 feet tall. And once they get over that size, Kirkland's really doesn't like being around. It will go and find a new nesting habitat. And you ask then, how could they be this specific going back through history? And what Kirkland's would do 
is they were following wherever there was a wildfire. So jack pines, if you know about jack pines, their cones will open after fire so that then they can actually help recycle the ecosystem, if you want to put it that way, regerminate. And so then Kirklands would be one of these that after a few years where the trees are growing up and have somewhat developed, that they would move in. And once the forest became further developed, that that they would move on. And we can find these in very spotty locations in the northern United States. We're talking not a ton of birds here. There's some I know in Wisconsin from a very reputable source. There's a few in Michigan, and these birds usually will go down to the Bahamas in the winter and then come back. But as you know, with how we have modernized our world and how people own property, it's not exactly good for one to have these extended areas of just forest fire for jack pine much less talking about thousands of acres of that. And so with being able to do that, it's made it very difficult for the conservation of these birds. But through conservation efforts, we have been able to kind of help simulate fires in certain areas to help keep the Kirkland's wobbler population steady and hopefully more in a recovery status. So why do I bring these up with this reading? Why are you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? It's one of these things that, especially with Kirklands, we assumed that getting rid of forest fires was a good thing. And in a lot of ways, it is a good thing. But we also didn't understand the relationship between that fire and Kirkland's Wobbler and what we were actually doing to make it more difficult to be a Kirkland's Wobbler. We, right now, being a Minnesotan and being in northern Minnesota, which historically has been moose territory, and looking at how moose have been declining in the state of Minnesota, but increasing in other areas of the country and in Canada, it's difficult for us to fully understand we have to have this whole image of what does a moose look like? What does a moose do? Where does a moose live? If we're going to want to study them, where is this moose going to be due to the time of season that it is? We have to understand these relationships. And it's one of the things right now with the declining moose population, that's been one of the theories is, is there a relationship that has been happening with moose that we're just not understanding right now? And it's making it difficult for the moose population in Minnesota specifically to do well. We look at Kirklands and not understanding that fire and how then when we were looking for them, we didn't know what we were looking for. We didn't know where to look. A lot of science is figuring things out and trying to understand something at a deeper level. Understanding where we should look, what we should be looking for, and what is going on. Jesus is asking the same types of questions here to his parents. Yes, I was not with you guys, but why would you expect me to be anywhere but my father's house? That he's expecting that he be learning from him. The other thing, if you're really studying and looking at this text, look at verse 48 when Mary is talking to Jesus. 
Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. Father with a lowercase f. But when we get to Jesus' response in verse 49, did you not know that I must be in my father's house, capital F? Distinguishing his earthly father from his heavenly father. Are we doing the same thing? For me, a lot of science is trying to help us understand the character of God through understanding what God's fingerprints has left behind through his creation, through outer space, through how we made our bodies, through all the systems and the creation. That's what we're trying to figure out. Jesus in this reading is trying to do the same thing. It's him showing the human side of him. Him trying to understand his own father. Him trying to understand the own essence and part of who he is. Don't we all go through the same thing? Aren't we doing the same thing when we're having 23andMe and Ancestry.com and trying to trace our roots and where we came from and trying to make that some identity to who we are? And yet we have Jesus here as a preteen, teenager, doing the same thing, but trying to figure out who he is within this creation. He's telling us if we are looking for God, where should we be looking? In the word, in his father's house. This isn't any different than us trying to find some mammal or some bird. What Jesus, in my opinion, is doing is basic, fundamental, foundation stuff for your own faith. And this isn't any different than what a basic scientist does when going out and starting research. Last week, we had the Twitter question of, are you willing and able to let Christ in this season and do whatever he is telling you to do? And that's a loaded question. I knew it was a loaded question. And when you look at the example that we have here with Jesus, it's hard to continue to replicate what Jesus is doing here. Because he does obey his parents and does go with them. But he also stayed back to learn about his father and learning the desires of his heart, which is difficult for us to make sure that we're giving God the time like Jesus is showing us that we should be doing. Especially in this Christmas season, as we are celebrating the greatest gift that was ever given to us, are we giving him the time? Twitter question this week is, are you giving God slash Jesus the time they need? Are you giving Jesus slash God the time they need? It's a hard question. He is trying to be a good parent to us, trying to make sure that we have the things that we need and trying to teach us to be thankful for the things that we have been given through our Heavenly Father. Yet, we still see that even the Son of God is taking the time to discuss and learn about his Heavenly Father. And that means, as we wrap up this year, that we need to make sure we're doing likewise. I know for me, this has been a big year of growth, personally for me, for people like you listening to this podcast to help push me to continue to put this out there for you guys. And I have continued to learn, and I hope that this podcast for you has been some continued growth for you with your relationship with God. That's the hope. And I would really love to hear from you if that is 
what you are finding in this. So as we wave goodbye here to the end of 2018, as this is their last Sunday of 2018, I thank you for this ride. I thank you for this time. And again, I'm excited for 2019. And I would love to hear about your New Year's resolutions, things that you're trying, things that you're creating. And I would also want to thank you and have a blessed New Year. Have a blessed Christmas season. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science. See you next year.